According to a recent study done by Bank of America and published in Fool.com, over a thousand individuals were surveyed with over $3 million in investable assets. And the report showed that 70% of the individuals are over 56 years old. So time has something to do with your ability to gain wealth. The data also showed 27% of the ultra-wealthy are self-made, defining them as people with a middle-class or a poor upbringing and no inheritance. 46% have a head start, so almost half of the people surveyed had either some inherited wealth or an affluent upbringing. And 28% have a legacy wealth. So based on these numbers, it would appear that your ability to gain wealth requires time and maybe a little bit of a head start. However, I have some other data that is interesting. Remember, the Bank of America study was a thousand individuals who had over three million dollars. There's another study that Statista published. This study looked at over 3,300 billionaires around the world in 2021 and found that 2,013 of them are self-made. They did not inherit their wealth. That's two out of every three of the billionaires surveyed. By stark contrast, only 338, around 10% inherited their wealth, and around a third were a combination of inherited and self-made. So what the studies show is if you just want a little bit of wealth, a few million, then inheriting it is probably the fastest way to get there. But if you want to have a lot of wealth, if you want to be a billionaire, a top fraction of 1%, it takes something special, something that you can't even pass along. Two out of every three of those billionaires are completely self-made. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. And hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Think Rich Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it is great to have you joining me for this episode that I think is going to be very insightful for you. I've called it the number one characteristic of the wealthy. What does it take to become rich? What sets people apart? We're going to talk about that. Before we do that, uh, I'd like to call your attention to a couple of social media profiles that we have set up for Think Rich Radio, uh, number one being over on YouTube. I've just set up a YouTube channel for the podcast, Think Rich Radio, and uh, you can find it over on YouTube at Think Rich Radio. So just go to youtube.com forward slash at Think Rich Radio. And uh, what would really mean a lot to me is if you go over there and subscribe, because I have like two subscribers and try to get some momentum over there. So if you're a fan and uh, you like what we're doing, It'd be really great if you would do that. Also, we have a new profile set up over on Twitter and on Rumble and several other platforms as well. So you can find all of that on our website at uh, www.thinkrichradio.com. Actually, you don't even have to do the www. Just go to thinkrichradio.com. And uh, we have all that stuff listed there. Speaking of which, if you've not subscribed on your favorite um, podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google 
Play or iHeartRadio or whatever your favorite podcast platform is, please be sure to subscribe. It really helps us out in terms of getting the distribution and whatnot. And before we get into the bulk of the show, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Trade Maestro. If you've been wanting to learn how to take control of your personal finances, specifically in the area of stocks and options and your retirement, your 401k, you need to check out what's going on over at TradeMaestro.com. There's a brand new three-day challenge. It's completely free. It's called Trade for a Living. If you've been thinking, man, I've been watching these so-called professionals do their thing and I think I could do that. The answer is absolutely you could, and the three-day Trade for a Living Challenge is a great place to start. You can find it over at trademaestro.com. When it comes to building generational wealth, big picture income, we're talking billionaire status, what allows a person to succeed? What facilitates a person's ability to succeed? Is it their education? One would think maybe if we just know enough, then we can go do anything we want to do. But if that was true, then everybody graduating from universities with PhDs and higher level degrees would be billionaires. And we just don't see that. In fact, quite the contrary. What we find is a lot of the billionaires don't even have complete college degrees. So education maybe isn't the distinction. Is it the attitude? Well, certainly attitude plays a big role. I mean, people with a negative attitude don't generally get the positive results that they want, but there's still plenty of people who are successful that one might consider rather cranky, so maybe it's not attitude. What about the environment? What about the family that you grew up with, or maybe your birthright? Does that have the major distinction? We heard it in the opening statistics Of the billionaires, less than 10%, or maybe right around 10% actually inherited their wealth. Roughly a third, it was a combination of inherited wealth and self-made, but two out of every three billionaires, two-thirds of of the billionaires, are considered self-made. So apparently inheritance, family, birthright doesn't have the distinction. So could it be race? Is it your luck? Maybe divine blessing or possibly striking a deal with the devil? You know, I think if we looked at all the billionaires, um, probably all of these characteristics would fit some of the billionaires, but it wouldn't fit all of them. What do all of them have in common? Napoleon Hill says it comes down to the principles that he laid out in his book, Think and Grow Rich. According to Napoleon Hill, he researched and interviewed 500, over 500 of the most successful people in American history, and these were the characteristics that they had in common, according to Napoleon Hill. And while I think probably the vast majority of the world's billionaires have read Thinking Grow Rich at this point, clearly the millions of people who have read Thinking Grow Rich have not all turned into billionaires. So what is the secret? Well, it would appear that the success magic, it seems to be found in one's ability to, shall we say, pull all of these variables together and do so while working towards a definitive or a definite outcome. Maybe we should just call it resourcefulness. Tony Robbins once said to me, people think 
It's their lack of resources that holds them back, but it's never a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. So what is resourcefulness? Well, it speaks to one's ability to access the available resources and combine those said resources into a desirable outcome. That's what resourcefulness is. So when we think about resourcefulness and we think about resources, what are the resources? Well, it could be anything, anything that you might need. I mean, the most obvious one is money. People often say, if only I had the money, then I could really do something with myself. So money is a resource. But what about your personal skills? I talk to people, they say, if only I had the training, if only I had a college degree, if only I had this, if only I had that. What about the skills of others? Tapping into human resources of people that you can work with, intellectual property, networks that you have access to, anything that can be leveraged into achieving a desired result. I think that's what we call resources. And then one's ability to organize and deploy those resources into a desirable outcome that's what we call resourcefulness. Oftentimes people cite the lack of resources as the reason they can't succeed. For example, they might say, nobody ever taught me. No one taught me what to do. And then that leads to a story about how since nobody taught them what to do, they can't do it. They never had a teacher, they had a, never had a mentor. Of course, that's just an excuse, it's a justification. But now we know why we can't succeed, because no one ever taught. <laughs> or, the, maybe the most common one of all, I don't have the money. If only I had the money, then I could do it. And once again, it leads to a story that leads to an excuse, a justification, and now we know why we can't succeed. We just didn't have the money. Or, I didn't have any help. I was all alone. I was a lone ranger, and it was just too much for one person. And now we know the excuse. Now we know the justification. Maybe I just wasn't born into the right family. I'm too busy. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. <laughs> All these excuses, blah, 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 we all do it. We all have an excuse. We all have a story that we like to tell that, you know, it softens. It softens the reality so that we don't maybe feel so much guilt for the thing that we didn't do that we knew we should have done or the thing that we knew we had control of, but we don't quite want to own it and take responsibility. So we tell these stories and the lack of resource, what a great excuse. If only I had. Becomes part of the story that we tell. The reasons that we can't succeed. We like to say it was the lack of resources, but maybe, eh, let's be honest. In reality, it wasn't a lack of resources. It was a lack of our own resourcefulness. common attitude that the most successful people have. Uh, sure, it's a drive, a never-quit spirit, but moreover, there's a core belief that there must be a way, there must be a solution, and either I will find it or someone on my team will find it, but we will not quit until we find the solution, until we find the answer. 
One of the best stories of resourcefulness that I've heard is the story of Russell Brunson and his company, ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels, if you're not familiar with them, is the first, I believe the only, startup, technology startup in history to generate over $100 million a year in revenue without any venture capital. So how can you do it? How can a technology startup, how can it start from scratch, from zero, and grow to $100 million a year in recurring revenue without venture capital? If you listen to the experts, they would say, you need money. You got to have capital. But Russell Brunson proved them wrong. So as the story goes, as I heard Russell tell the story, he himself was actually facing bankruptcy and was pretty much out of opportunities, out of solutions. He had no idea how he was going to pay his rent for his office building and just go down the list. He was at the end. And in the middle of the night, late one night, he decided he was going to send an email to his mailing list. He had a mailing list of customers who had bought from him in the past. And he decided to send an email out looking for a programmer who could help him put the pieces together of a piece of software that he had bought to do some technology. And sure enough, in the middle of his list, a man emerged, somebody who had been in his sphere, somebody who had been in his uh, environment, if you will, had been a buying customer in the past, And this person had the ability to program software. And so they connected and this person put the finishing touches on whatever it was they needed to work on. And they sat back and looked at it and said, you know what, this is a really great idea. What if we developed this? And so his partner, the guy who became his partner, went to work on developing the software and Russell went to work on once it's developed, now what? How do we sell it? And so together, you had a team that started working together. Well, they didn't have the money. They didn't have the financial resources. You notice, Russell didn't go out and hire a huge development team. He found a partner who could do the development. That is an example of resourcefulness. But then once they had the software developed, now they needed to go sell it. So how do you sell something if you don't have the money to promote it? So once again, Russell was very resourceful. He turned around and he looked at his mailing list and he said, there's got to be people here who know other people who would like this software. And so he put together an affiliate program where he actually shared the revenue of their sales with potential buyers or with potential people who would connect them with the buyers. And they, they put together this affiliate program. And Russell went to work on organizing all the affiliates while his partner went to work on getting the software ready. And when they came out and they did their big launch of the software, they released it to the affiliates and they go out and they started selling it. And they got the product off the ground. They got capital from it. They made the sales from it. Russell got paid. The partner got paid. The affiliate partners got paid. And everybody won together. They used that model then to build upon the momentum and to build upon the momentum. And to this day, one of the biggest things that drives sales for ClickFunnels is their affiliate program. You see, where most people would say, I need money. I need money to develop the software. I need money to pay for advertising. I have to build an advertising team. You know, all the different resources that most people would look at and say, we have to have all of those things. Russell and his partner 
looked at it and said, we don't have those resources. How can we win this game with the resources we have? To me, this is one of the ultimate examples of resourcefulness. The ability to take the resources that we have and turn them into something that allows us to win, that allows us to achieve the desirable outcome. Now contrast this story of Russell and ClickFunnels with all the stories that we've heard out of California with these technology startups and seeking venture capital and they raise all this money and then they spend the money and they still don't have the product. What if the resource they were missing was not money, but rather internal resourcefulness? There's a fairly popular book out right now called The Obstacle is the Way, and it's a look at the ancient philosophy of Stoicism, which teaches a philosophy that the very thing that you perceive to be blocking you is actually the key to unlock you. The thing that you think is holding you back is actually the key to setting you free. So what if your lack of resource is actually the answer? You feel like, you know, if only I had the money, then I could do this. Well, what if your ability to find a way to do it without the money is the answer that you've been looking for? You thought it was the money. The money was the deception. You thought it was the human resource. The human resource was the deception. Your ability to solve for your lack of resource with a creative solution actually opens you up to the growth in ways that you never could have planned and that was the answer that you needed. What if life was giving you the gift in the form of your lack of resource? And so it would appear that the very problem we perceive as the problem is actually not the problem. What if the answer is instead within each of us what if the solution to the problem is not found in more money or more human resource or more social media or whatever we might perceive it was, but rather, what if the solution is found within our ability to sit down, assess and access our potential resources and then put together a solution with the resources that we have available? Resourcefulness. As we wrap this episode up, I want to challenge each of you to realize that you have everything you need within you. I have everything I need within me. We all have everything we need within us. It's found in our ability to be resourceful. The most successful people in the world have figured this out. They find a way to leverage those resources around them. They find a way to take an assessment of what is available to them. You know, immigrants come to this country not speaking the language with no money no legal work status, and resourcefulness is the only character trait, if you will, that they have to tap into. And they literally, in many cases, will risk their life to get here. And yet, 
We have Americans that have all the birthrights of Americans. They speak the language. They have the right to work. They're already here. They're very cushy. And they often can't seem to find enough resourcefulness to put two things together. It's crazy. Sometimes I think money just makes people lazy, makes all of us lazy. Because when you have enough money, you can buy yourself to different levels. You can buy your way through some of the challenges. But oftentimes the gift is not in buying your way through the challenge, but rather the gift is in solving the challenge without the money. Oftentimes finding a way to build a fortune when you start from scratch, that's worth more than if you started with a million dollars and turned it into 10 million. Why? Because it wasn't ever about the money, it was about the person that you become along the journey. Resourcefulness is one of the greatest skills that I have observed in other people. It's a skill that I like to think that I have fostered in my own life. And as I think about my own successes in life, the moments when I've been the most successful are moments when I have found incredible ways to be resourceful and use the resources at hand. And the times when I've probably been the least successful are times when either I was being lazy and I thought we could buy our way to success or times when, frankly, I was just being lazy and I didn't want to be resourceful. So my challenge is don't believe the delusion that you don't have the resources you need. Recognize the reality. You have everything you need. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of our own willingness to be resourceful. Hey folks, thanks for listening. I want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Trade Maestro. You can find us over at trademaestro.com. If you need to learn better ways to manage your portfolio, your 401k or your other stock assets and your stock investments, Trade Maestro is a great solution for you. Be sure to come over and check out one of the three-day challenges such as the Bear Market Survivor or Raging Profits with ETFs or the most recent one, Trade for a Living. It's a three-day challenge where you're going to learn the basic ins and outs of what it takes to trade the market for income. And you might be surprised what you find. You might be surprised to find out that a lot of the things that the so-called professionals told you weren't actually the truth. And the reality is you have the ability to foster your own skills and your own abilities to trade your own assets yourself. In other words, you stay in control. If that sounds like something you're interested in, check it out over at trademaestro.com. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. We're available on all of your favorite podcast outlets, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Tune in. It's available pretty much at all of the podcast directories. And now, of course, you can check us out on YouTube at Think Rich Radio. It's YouTube slash at Think Rich Radio. Be sure to head, head over there and subscribe and like and do all the things that are necessary so that we can grow and you can stay in touch. So hit that subscribe button and stay on the lookout for the next episode of Think Rich Radio. And we'll talk to you soon.